rising on an emerging generation of kings. So this morning, we want to look at give. Someone say give. Someone say give. First thing first, say give. Alright, so for the past three, four weeks, we've been looking at first thing first, right? And God has been helping us in, you know, looking at the different areas we need to pay attention to as believers, as kings, right? And this morning, we want to look at a very important area um, that we also need to pay attention to. Right, uh, man of God, please can you stay on the keyboard so I get a sense like I'll quickly be done. Right, sometimes I wish I have a very good voice so, so that we can watch it for like 30 minutes and remain 20 minutes. We just say, um, I need to rush through this message because of lack of time. Right, that's a joke, by the way. All right, so, um, give and we want to explore the parameters with which we can enjoy the blessing of generosity right we started on the mainland this morning and um had shared with believers to say that it was important for us to understand that oftentimes I need to rush when this in the church we hear the word the time. first thing that pops at us is that oh money right so when they say give the first thing that's, that comes to your mind is money yes or yes Right, so when someone says, Ah, um, Dairy, please, can you assist me? To be very honest, the first thing that comes to your mind is, Oh, uh, do I have the money to give to this person? So, this morning, I want to make it as practical as possible. Uh, and you would pardon me, I would. Um, break it into different areas so that we're able to follow through, understand um, what I'm trying to communicate and be able to take action points. Are we ready? I want us to turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Acts 20 verse 35. If I get the NLT version, I'll be glad. Acts 20 verse 35. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Acts. All right. Awesome. Can we celebrate the media team? Please let's celebrate media. Thank you, media. Um, so the Bible says, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. This is the part we're going to. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, let's read this together. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Can I get NLT? Do we have NLT? If it's possible. Okay, if we can get NLT, um, let's also check Exodus. Exodus 36, um, verse 1 to 7. Exodus 36, verse 1 to 7. Exodus 36. If you're there, say amen. Right, so I'll just read from here. Um, verse 5 says, 36 verse 5 says, They went to Moses and reported, The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Verse 6, So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, 
don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the Lord stopped, the, so the people stopped bringing their offerings. Hallelujah. I, I sort of want to set the tone of this message this morning around giving. I had mentioned earlier on to say that oftentimes when we hear the word giving, we're quick to just assume to say, oh, um, it's time to talk about tithe and offering and seed and all of that. And I know that a couple of us must have had different experiences in the church in court where people try to manipulatively extract money from us. Um, I remember when I was in university then, we used to go for a conference. Um, I won't mention the city now, because if I mention, we know the person, right? There's a particular, you know, very popular, you know, man of God then that will say, um, as I go on my news now, the first 50 people that can run out with 50,000 era, the Lord will do X, right? You know, um, and I remember my president then, uh, my pastor on campus, right, my third year, his mom had just given him money to, I think, get a phone or get a laptop, right? So when the man of God said, as I go on my news, right, as the man went on, this guy just ran out, bri, 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 you know, and um, eventually went to drop the money. And, you know, the long and short of the story is that the guy had spillover. And I'm not saying it was because of that seed. What I'm saying was that after I dropped that money, you know, we traveled for another four hours back, and this guy started lamenting. He said, ah, see, no be God, tell me, make I run. We say, not just emotional. See, I get offering where I won't drop, and all of that, right? I'm just saying that there's been different experiences with giving, right? We have our different experiences. For example, I'm from a different background where how to give is different. They will tell you, um, there are 10 people here. If you want to give 50K, come out. Okay, God has brought down the money to 30K. 30K, come out. Has anyone experienced that before? So we have different experiences, and that's the truth. And oftentimes, these experiences would always cloud our minds, the way we see God, the way we see generosity. So when we see a minister talk about, or a pastor talk about giving, we build a fence around our minds already to say, hmm, they started again, right? Because of our history. But I want us to realize that giving is not more of an instruction or a command. Giving is more of an identity, right? I said earlier today to say that God himself is a giving God, right? And God would give three of one of the three things God would either give choices, God will give chances, or God will give Christ. So when you look at it from the Garden of Eden down to Gethsemane, right, you will see God giving Adam and Eve choices. Even after they messed up, God gave them what? Chances, right? Eventually, when he looked as though humanity was irredeemable, God gave the world who? Christ. So God is always giving. So God is always giving the choice, the chance, and giving Christ, right? So we must understand that giving is not almost a case of um, God instructing us. Giving is almost a case of an operating system inside of us. Because as a believer, we must be a reflection of who made us, of who we follow. And if we are like Christ, right we must act we must talk we must behave and do like him and because we are sons of god it means we are givers too 
right? So, so you would never in any place find a goat who is barking. A goat who barks is an aberration. It's a problem. A believer who is stingy is an aberration. It's a problem. A believer cannot be selfish because you are like your father. You dwell in God and God dwells in you. So by default, the ability to give is not a case of education. The ability to give is a spiritual installation inside of you. The moment you receive the life of Christ, you by default have the spirit to give. Do we understand? Do we understand? So when I say give, I'm exactly not saying giving money. It means giving gifts. You heal the sick, you raise the dead, you step into a room and check out demons. Those are the givings we are talking. So I feel that giving of money is even the lowest commodity. The least you can give to God is money. Right? It is money. In fact, in, in the corporate world, there's a way you can, you know, put things on a scale of preference. For example, if you meet the, the MD of a bank now, right? Um, and you and he says he wants to give you something. If he gives you five million naira, he has not really given you anything. But if he gives you 15 minutes of his time, he has given you something worth more than five million. Do you understand? So, in the scale of things, money is exactly not the highest commodity. We all know they are different. I, I, I know because we live in a monetized world, right? So, it's, it, it, it could be very hard for people to understand this. It could be really, really hard. And I'll give you an example, right? Um, a senior management of my team, manager in my team had asked me to, you know, go and speak at an event, right? And this was two weeks after I returned to the office. You know, I was just trying to recover from grief and all of that. And it was a struggle for me, right? And the guy said, oh, I want to give you a platform, that, 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 X, Y, Z, you know, it's this act of Lagos um, um, event, a landmark. You know, I just grudgingly went for that event. You know, I spoke, I think it was about 30, 45 minutes. You know, while I was done, I was like, so where's the platform? Where's the, you know, and all of that. And I then realized that while I was speaking at that event, right, the Commissioner of Science and Technology heard me speak and wrote to the MD of the bank, who had said that, oh, I met a fantastic guy, you know, I didn't believe this guy works for your bank, blah, 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 because of the brand and all of that, right? To cut the long story short, right, you know, um, weeks after that, the MD had called a couple of us and, you know, gave us an envelope. If that organizer had invited me directly for that event. There was no way I would have gotten that kind of money in quotes. One, there was no way I would have gotten access to that person seeing me. Two, so you then realize that when you prioritize well, you will realize that money is even the least of the problem. So if someone says, I want to start a business, and the person tells you, I'm looking for money, the person is not serious. So the problem is not money yet, because there are a lot of things you can do before money, that money will come by default. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so um, giving is more of an identity than an action. It's an identity. Um, God isn't really interested in, you know, instructing us or commanding us, oh, you must give this, you must give that, because I said earlier that it is almost like an operating system. And the way we've been structured, when a man, you know, meets with a woman, 
the man gives a woman something. Yes or yes? I, I don't know what they give, but I know they give them something. And I've read that in my biological... Th- Why are you looking at me that way? Okay, I theoretically know what they give. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Don't worry, I'll start giving a woman very soon. Very, very soon. Yeah. My wife, oh, not any woman, though. <laughs> then the woman then gives something to the world, right? So a, a man met to the woman, and in nine months, you see the woman saying, I'm about to give something to the world. This then shows us that as believers, we are like pipelines and conduits, right? We are like... Um, a pipe that carries water. So, imagine if a man says, everything I have that can become a child, I want to keep to myself and say, I'm a man. It is my natural abilities, my natural gifts. Imagine a man and a woman married, and the man says, you this woman, what I have, I shall not give you. Because it's a natural ability from God. Right, I don't give out, I don't, you know, I don't want to share what I have. Um, it belongs to me, right? And the woman says, Okay, the womb that I have too, it is my personal gifts. I don't want to share. There won't be procreation, yes or yes, right? Because the man is a conduit of what he carries, the woman too. She is a conduit of what she carries. It then shows us, right, that as believers, whatever we have is exactly not ours. I think our life is too priceless for us to live for ourselves alone. Christ cannot die for me, and all I live for is for myself and my pockets. So we must realize that when we're talking about giving, we need to set this premise to say, there is nothing I have today that belongs to me. And there is nothing God detests more than pride and self-sufficiency. Where you feel my job, is my money, is my car, is my clothes, is my business, is my husband, is my wife, my, 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 there is nothing you have. The moment you realize you are only a conduit, the gift you have is almost like the gift is passing through a conduit. And you know what happens? If, for example, this conduit starts from here, and there's another conduit here, and there's another pipe here, and they are both connected, right? If the water comes from this side, and it gets to you, and all you do, right, is to hold it up, it will do two or three things. Number one, the water will not flow, right? The person here will not get the water. Then you yourself will become a clogged water, getting dirty. So there are times when you feel like, oh, this my gift is getting rusty. Ah, oh man, are they single? Because you're not sharing your gift. You're not giving it. Because you're a conduit. Your voice is not made for your bathroom. Your writing skill is not made for your jota alone. It is made for the world. So the moment you realize that I am like God, I am a giver, it is my identity. So whatever you do, you then realize that I must keep giving. Tell someone I need to keep giving. Tell someone I need to keep giving. 
So when we check John 10 verse 10, the Bible says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Said, but my purpose is to give life. My purpose is to give life. We don't give because we want something in return. We give because we're commanded to do so. And we get something in return because God has promised to do so. So the, the premise with which we give is not exactly because um, God has said, you know, GB, you must give 10% of your, of your salary. That is exactly not the reason. We give because um, it is a natural thing based on the way we have been made up. So let me ask us, when you switch on an Apple device, what pops up? Sorry? The Apple symbol, the Apple insignia or logo, right? If you switch on an iPhone 13 Pro Max and that symbol doesn't come up, what will you say? Eh? That means you've bought Fufu, <laughs> right? So, so as believers, when you don't give, you're a fake believer. Because this guy, this guy, this is my iPhone, by default, because of the way it has been built, it needs to do this thing by default, naturally, or technologically, whatever way you want to say it. So this guy will not say, oh, it is Solomon, a black guy from Lagos, Nigeria, that wants to switch on this phone. So I will not, Apple logo will not pop up. So whether you're switching on Apple in UK, or in New Zealand, or in Switzerland, or Swaziland besides South Africa, or in Burundi, or in Cameroon, or in wherever in the world, this Apple logo is going to work, pop up because there is an operating system. So, as believers, when we talk about giving, we then need to realize that giving is an act of faith. That giving is an act of faith. Because I began to look and study to check that while on earth would God look at Abraham, would God give his only child or first child of promise at the age of 99? And God says, that same child I wanted. You see, whatever gift you want to give to God that does not require a measure of faith needs to be questioned. Some of us give to God like we give to beggars. You know, so when a beggar comes to knock at the door and says, uh, Madam, Madam, you, you guys know people, those guys are Sabo. Upa drives, drives, drives through Sabo. Those young, young girls. Uncle, you fine, oh. Uncle, you handsome. Uncle, you beautiful. Uncle, you are good, oh. Uncle, America. Then you now check your, check your, I mean, um, your character. See, I get 100 naira, I get 50 naira. You now wonder and say, and the girl say, ah, oh, Uncle, thank you. The same way with us, when it's time to give, I'll just look at God and say, let me can I check my account. Okay, I have thank you. Let me give God 1,000. This may not be a conscious effort, but it is the way we see God. We just see God as a guy who is saying, bring, give me something now, help me now. Um, I need money to build my church now. I need money to raise my family now. We must realize that God is not actually begging. In fact, the benefit of giving to God is for yourself, not for God. So when you give, you are giving to help yourself, not God. Because no man can sponsor God. No man. 
man. The Bible says, upon this rock will I build my church. First of all, it is God who is building. Every other aesthetics is secondary. So there is no bloody gate of hell that can prevail. Not even the scheme of man. So if you walk away from God, there are 1,000 people who can do the same thing. You literally feel that God is struggling your 10K with you, your 20K with you. Because again, when we talk about money, it becomes a struggle for believers. Because oftentimes, you realize that you find a lot of believers who worship God with their mouth, but worship mammon in their hearts. Whose God is the Naira and Kobo? When they ask them, when they want to fill, a, fill, fill their bank, fill a form, and say, what's your religion? You say Christianity. And in reality, it's currency. So people serve God. People serve their gods in quotes, which is Naira, which is Kobo, which is Euro, which is Dollar. Because until you're not able to give something else freely, you have not overcome that thing. So some of us are under the dominion of money. So when you hear money, you get aggravated, you get agitated. When it's time for offering, we squeeze our face. Praise the worship, we were dancing. The mic we were using, we rented it with money. But when it's time for offering, you know, you just squeeze your face. And they will say, open your app and give to God. And you start, you start pressing your password. The same password you've been pressing since more, you just, ah, it's not, it is working. You are pressing the wrong pin. Right? <laughs> so we need to realize that this is not a transactional experience. I've said earlier that this message, I want to make it as practical as possible. It's, it's so good for me to come out and say, oh, God will bless you. You know, give and it shall be given. The Lord loves the cheerful giver. You give God 10%, you get 50%. God is not FGM bond. God is not an investment app that you want to put something and be explaining something in another two days. God is not MMM. So it is not transactional. Do we get believers? Do we get believers? Because the truth is, money matters are discussed in the world, and we come to church and we just shy away from it. And we say, oh, don't let us talk about it. Let's gloss over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to start up into this conversation, I know there are some people who would be here who would say, oh, I don't even have the money. You're saying I should give, I should give. I don't even have the money. I'm trying, I have a job, but things are not going the way they should go. You know, and from my meditation, I discovered that there are a couple of principles that we must look at for people we may be in this box. So people are saying, I truly want to give to God. I have the desire to give. I want to give to my pastor. I want to, I want to give to a cause in the kingdom. But I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. Things are not going the way it should go. The first principle you must realize is that there's a principle of the covenant of wealth. As a believer, the fact that you don't have money in your account doesn't mean you are broke. Money is not the evidence of your blessing. You are the blessing. So whether there is two million in your account, or it is two K, you are still blessed. So you don't quantify your blessing based on what you have in your bank account. You don't. I know this may sound a bit oh, why is it I've been, I am telling you this from a practical point of view. And I would always ask God to say, whenever I get the privilege to preach, I want to preach from something I've experienced. 
because it's easy for you to spin off scriptures and say this and say that. I, I want to say from a place of this is the journey God is taking me through. I am telling you, your blessing is not, it's not based on the money you have in your accounts. You see, some people don't have cash that we call money, like five billion or seven billion, and they are richer than a lot of people. Do you know the richest guys don't have seven billion in their savings accounts? In fact, what they have is debt. What they have is debt. So you would hear Dangote have seven trillion in the banking industry. He has taken loan from Stambi Capital, from this capital and all of that to fund Dangote Refinery. But you see, when that guy walks into a room and he needs seven million in two seconds, it will pop out. So you realize that money and blessing itself is not about, it's not about the cash. It is not. So as believers, you must realize that you have the covenant of wealth. So you tell yourself, I am rich. I am blessed. I am blessed. My barn is filled with bountiful harvests. I am not poor. I am not down. I am not broke. Sakpa is not in my streets. I have money. I may not have the cash now. So if you ask Minister Solomon, I need five million. I may not be able to give you. I can give you an idea. I'll make the five million apple. I am not broke. Do you have 5k there? You don't say, ah, no, me, I don't get money. Yeah, I have 5k, but it is not readily available at this time. Yes! Yes! Because my bank account doesn't sit in in sit, sit on earth. It sits in Zion. It sits in Zion. My source is not GTB. My source is God. So even if their network is down, I know I can still be funded. So as a believer, you're in a space where you feel like, ah, God, I want to do, but I don't have. You have. This is not psychology. This is the principle of the kingdom. The Bible says, let the weak say I am what? I am strong. My business is not thriving. Because no. You tell yourself, I'm the CEO of a conglomerate. I run a real estate company, turning over 6 billion MRR. Because you have this covenant. And do you know the blessing of God over you is irrevocable? Whether you're in Nigeria or UK, whether you're in Swaziland or Switzerland, you are blessed, you are blessed. In fact, even you yourself cannot do anything about your blessing. So even if you curse yourself, the blessing of God overrides the blessing, your curse. So I want to encourage someone who is in that space, who feels, I don't have anything yet. Something is, things are not working for me yet. First of all, the principle of the covenant of else. Are you still there with me? Number two is the principle of value. The principle of value, right? The question is, what are you giving? What service are you offering? Ask a neighbor, what service are you offering? Please ask that neighbor, what service are you offering? You know, when I was still in my former bank, I, I, I used to joke then to say, this is a wild imagination. And I would tell my colleagues to say, today, if the bank comes to say, everybody go, and then I just bought one small, this was 2014, I just bought one small um, Toyota Corolla, right? Um, so I gave someone to use for Uber. So I told um, my colleagues, I said, if they come to say, everybody in this bank, go, we don't want you again. I said, I said, what do you think people will do? 
Some of my colleagues said, ah, oh, my life don't finish. And they said, see, for me, I don't go think twice. I will just go to drive Uber. <laughs> right? Because for me, you might chase me away from the bank, but not from life. Because I carry the blessing. And the moment I drop value, you get value in return. You know, a, a lot of believers, we spiritualize these things. And people say, oh, I'm broke. And you ask them, what do you do? You say, I'm still waiting on God. Waiting on God to do what exactly? To do what exactly? So as believers, right, you might be in a space where you're like, oh, you know, um, I, I, I need more influence to my account. I need to do more for God. What value can you add? What can you do? That thing you have, it, I mean, and you know, the kind of things people sell these days. I, I saw something crazy on social media recently. They said they now hire people to do reels for weddings. So they will pay you 200000 and all you do is to create reels. Reels. A job or full-time job. And all you do, you eat their food. Though. You know, do everything with them. You dance with them. All you just be doing is... And you send invoice. But you, we've been telling you kings that... Ah, Media, you like to take pictures. I like the way you take pictures. You're like, oh, well, wait to be pictures. There's something that's value. That's value. You can talk, you can teach. Look for a school to teach. Some of us have a destination mentality. Oh, where God is taking me to. I'm talking to global nations. I'm talking to. Can you start in your city room first and start adding value now? Tell your neighbor, start adding value now. You didn't tell that neighbor, start adding value now. The second principle is the principle of seasons. The principle of seasons. So I'm talking about those who may be in a space where it may not look like it. There's a principle of seasons. We have, there are some times when we're in our harvest time. There are times when we're, when we're in our um, planting time. Right? There are times when you cannot afford to buy two shirts. There are times when you can afford to buy a car. There are times when you cannot afford to even pay your rent. There will be times when you can afford to buy land. So you must then realize what season am I in? Again, let me balance it. I'm not talking to people that are busy doing nothing. Some people are so busy. When you ask them, what are you doing exactly? They will just keep, you know, rambling, rambling and saying all sorts of things. But I'm saying people who are busy building. Who are busy digging, who are building, building structures, building their business, expanding their network. It is a season. So when you don't have the kind of money to give at that time, it's a season for you. So it is not a season for you to write yourself up and say, oh, oh I cannot give 100k, I cannot give 1 million. A time will come when you say, Pidams, um, that's UK church. I, I think there's a land I saw around Birmingham. And I, I can drop 2 million, um, you know, pounds. Um, for us to drop as a deposit and I will pay the rest in. And I'll be down to be like, oh, ah, Minister Solomon already paid in full oh, last week. Oh. Uh, so what do we do now? Okay, you can do the one in Switzerland. Say, ah, but Minister Solomon already paid for that one too. Say, ah, so what do we do? It's about what you see. It's about what you see. So your season now, Savoy it. Savoy the moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The final one is the principle of staying and consistency. Tell your neighbor, stay and be consistent. Tell your neighbor, stay 
and be consistent. So when you're in a place where it doesn't look like it, money isn't coming the way it should come, you don't have the capability to give, stay there. Remain consistent. See, any success without a track record is questionable. It's questionable. It is. There are times you just wake up one morning and you find a ministry. Boom! 50,000 people. Are you wondering from where? Where did they start? No track record, nothing. No traces. Whenever you see any star, I'm not even trying to even put up rhymes to your faces. But you know, check their, their scars. When you see a star anywhere, it says, oh, I've made X, Y, Z. You check their scars. When I talk to my interns at work, I tell them, I said, there was a time in this Lagos, I was staying at Fagba. How many of you know Fagba? You guys are such people, okay, just two people. Ah, you know Fagba too. You look like someone who says around Banana Island. Um, I receive it for you. <laughs> right? See, there's a traffic on that road. Um, that traffic will make you hate yourself, hate your job. And you just, you just ask yourself, what on earth am I here for? Is this what, you know what I started doing? I was squatting with my, so it wasn't squatting, squatting, Sha, but I was just staying somewhere, right, with a family member. So when I leave on Monday, I'll pack my things. I'll pack like five shirts. It wasn't like an apartment I walk with, normal rug in my office. So when everybody's leaving, right, I used to work at Sanusifa Fungwa, right, I will join the bus and I light at Idejo because I don't want people to feel like I'm sleeping in the office. So I will join the bus. I will say, ah, where are you going to? I'm going to work, but I'm going to, ah, they go fuck back. When you go reach out today, you go reach out. When we get to Idejo, I'll tell them, ah, driver, I make I stop. Then I'll trek back from Idejo to Sanasi to go and sleep. I'm telling you, in this Lagos, so I tell my interns, when you say, ah, uh, Solomon, you say they are paying you well, you are, you are driving a nice car. I say, do you know when I was sleeping in San Zivafua? See, all those streets on the island there, I know all the streets where these midnight girls usually run their things. In fact, there was a time where a couple of them knew me well, because I was always going to look for bread and egg every night. Yes, the Meshai, right? I will walk down the whole of Sanusi, then go to a quarter roundabout. All of these roads were roads we, we let go because where do I even have money to be spending on Keke with 70,000 era salary? But it's a season. I will never go back there. I will never, I will never go back there. Today I've slept at Transcorp, I've slept at the court. You know, but it was a season for me. So you could be in a season in your life where you feel like, God, life is beating me down. You will not always be there. It's a principle. The principle of staying, of staying. You see, and I've realized that we have a generation who is embattled with the menace of fear of missing out. When you ask people, where are you, why are you traveling out? They tell you, ah, everybody, they come out now. It's a wrong reason. Stay. Stay. Some of the guys that left us in this country will still send money to them and they were exchanged with lemonade. Yes, the guys that left us in Nigeria. Some of our bankers' friends, right, who were senior managers, they will still call us say, Baba, if you send me that template, I'll be scrum master for my office. Say, oh, guy, you'll be scrum master. Staying and consistent. I'm not saying it is wrong to travel. In fact, in fact you know, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying now. In fact, I have ideas, but I'm saying, stay, stay. 
Tell your neighbor, stay. It's a principle. Staying and consistently staying. Staying. There are meetings I go to and people say, how old are you? And I tell them, oh, I, I just turned 30. I said, how long have you been in the bank? I said, I've done 10 years in the bank industry. Do you mean you've done 10 years in the bank? When did you start? Why did you, why were you so young? And I said, because I stayed. So when they say, oh, you are the youngest, blah, blah, blah. I say, because I stayed. It's a principle in the kingdom of staying. Of staying. I feel like God wants us to press a bit into this for those who may be struggling with their seasons. God is saying, stay. That business, stay. Work it out. Drive it. Build that network. There is water in that land. Dig. Dig the first one. You don't find water. Go and dig again. Go and dig again. Go and dig again. Go and dig again. Do you know the reason why they will make you king in that dog land? It's because of the land you are dog. And they will say, who can we make the leader? They will say, ah, who has dug all these 15, 15 wells? They will say, well, Solomon. Say, ah, this guy is experienced. He knows the different lands. This one is loamy. This one is clay. This one is sandy. Stain. It's a principle in the kingdom. It's almost like waiting on God. God gives you a vision. Say, this music thing, face it. Because if someone doing skit on Instagram, you're jumping on skits. Stay. Just stay. I mean, I tell my colleagues that I said there are some invitations I cannot get. Not because of I cannot go for that I get. Not because of anything, but I'm staying where God has asked me to stay. I'm staying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting blessed? Is somebody getting blessed? All right. So as we begin to wrap it up, there are two realities in the kingdom when it comes to giving. Two realities. Someone said two realities in the kingdom when it comes to giving. The first one is you must realize that God owns everything. God owns everything. From your fine face, your fine shirts, to your fine whatever you have. There is nothing you have that you have not been given from God. God owns everything. Let's check Deuteronomy 10 verse 14 before someone goes to text speed and say, this guy was just speaking English. He didn't quote scriptures today. <laughs> that guy you sent to the island, he was just, he was just speaking English. No scripture. Deuteronomy 10 verse 14. Is someone getting blessed? Deuteronomy 10, 14. Days, the days of shame, the days of troubles, the days of pains. So there is nothing I have that I have not been given. A song says, all I have is given to me. All, all I have, everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Number two, we need to acknowledge that we are stewards. Someone says stewards. Someone says stewards. We can check Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It's a long scripture. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Jesus was teaching about the parable about money. And he used that to illustrate the spiritual truth. A steward. Right? And I thought to, you know, compare stewardship with what we typically know today as trusteeship. Right? Um, so in my, in my former um, world, my former bank, it's an olden company, we have a part of it called nominees, right? And we have a part of it who looks after trusteeship. Um, and the way trustee works is that 
Derry has five billion era. Yes, I receive five billion dollars. And Derry wants to, you know, give the money to our kids, right? Three of them. You know, they received that one five billion. <laughs> then Derry then says, I need um, a trustee who can hold the money for me to do a couple of things which I'm still going to show us. Then we then say, Rita, Rita is a lawyer, right? Yeah. Says, we give the money to Rita to say, please help us hold it. When Taye is seven year old, we want Taye to go to America from this morning, right? When Kende is 18, we want Kende to go to MIT. When Ido is 21, Idowu's wedding, we want to spend five million naira or 10 million naira. There's like a term sheet that sort of details everything the money will be used for. Then Derry then says, this is my sea of all. I have two buildings at Banana, I have one at Devos, I have two around, I have two in Cape Town, I have one around. So she gives all the documents to Rita to say, I'm entrusting you with it. For who? For my children, right? Rita is 100% accountable and responsible to Danny, whether dead or alive. Based on the agreement, if Rita feels like, ah, I like this Mr. Solomon, I like the way he preached today, let me just tear him like five million from this trusty money. Can she do that? She can't. <laughs> so we must realize that as believers, we are first custodians of whatever we have. Consider your life that you have, your gifts, your money, as a trustee, as an intermediary. God saying, Rita, I want to give you this gift of eloquence, this fine face, this amazing personality. I want to give you this legal profession. You are going to be one of the top five globally. Your voice will be reckoned with. And God is saying, I'm giving you this thing as a trustee. Do you know that Rita will be doing the world and herself the biggest wrong by saying, ah, global legal professional. Let me just stay in my house, maybe in Yaba. And just say, my Lord, may I? She can't do that. It will even be at the detriment of herself and the gifts. Do you understand? So we must realize that we are custodians of divine wealth. Yeah. Whatever money comes to you is exactly not your money. You see, a flowing pipeline can never be dry. The moment you realize that you're a pipeline, God gives me five million. I look at Pastor Vicky and says, ah, PVQ, you have one car before, but I want to change your car. I want to give you one Lexus. Don't, don't make mess about it. I'm a trustee. I am not trying to impress her. I am only doing what the person who owns the money has told me to do. So it is not about me. When you realize that you're a trustee, it kills self. Because you know that this money I'm spending is not my money. This time I'm spending is not my time. This gift that I have, it's not my gift. I am just a custodian. I'm just a custodian. If we get this powerful reality, it changes our life. It changes our lives. The first $1,000 I've ever put together in my life, in my entire life, you know, I told you, I worked like four years as a contract staff. 
in my entire life. I struggled buying black market, buy this, buy that. Until one day, you know, I think 2018 or 2019, we're planning to move to Kings Up. You know, Peter said, oh, you know, we want to do blah, 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 and all of that. In my mind, I said, he said, you need to give God something that would, you know, as an act of faith, something that will move you, something that would, I said, ah, what can move me? I was using one matrix then. The, the matrix is not equal when I'm almost poor, I finish. I make I say matrix, give church money. You know, but the Holy Spirit told me, said, this, this money you've been saving, it looks like your priceless jewel, like your achievement in your career. I want you to give it. It was, it was a struggle. So when I say this is almost experiential for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to sound, I'm not trying to sound impressive. Oh, they brought one minister to come and say, talk, tell to you about giving. It was sweat and blood. In fact, when I was giving out that envelope, I gave Pastor Dami himself so that I can tell God, pay God. Um, uh, this is the way you do, you know, pure, you know, pure at all, at all, at all. But I gave it. See, guys. I cannot tell you the quantum leap my life and career has taken since then. I cannot explain to you. Because of just saying, I am a custodian. God, I'm a steward. God, try me with five billion. I will buy a land for kings. God, just try me with it. And God says, okay, don't worry, I'll give you two million era. What can you do with it? Okay, God, this is what I'll do. I'll give you three million era. I'll give you five million. And the more you keep acting as a good trustee, as a good custodian, God begins to invest more. And you see, what happens is that if your life is a pipeline, when you're getting small water, two liters, three liters, four liters, five liters, the more you get, the more your pipe becomes open. Uh, let's read Proverbs. Uh, I think message version. Proverbs 11 verse 24. I want us to see that. It's so powerful. Um, please, if you can help us get message. Proverbs 11 24. I hope I got this right. I saw that scripture. Um, yes. The Bible says, can we read this together? The world of the generous, guess what? Larger and what? Larger. So you see, Let's stop at that larger and larger. Not concerned with stingy men, no. Because there's nobody like that here in Jesus' name again. When your life is like a pipeline and water keeps coming, one liter, two liters, three, four, at some point, the body of your pipe enlarges and you're able to take 50, 100. And some you tell them, you ask them, what job do you do exactly? That's, you are such a blessed man. You are so blessed, and you're like, this is it's not even nine to five. Oh, God has just blessed you. You know why? Because they've made their pipeline so big. All of the things God had entrusted with them, they've ensured it keeps passing. It keeps passing. It keeps passing. So when I say passing, I don't mean just doing giveaway. God gives you money, you invest prudently. God gives you money, you look for a friend, say, ah, I see that you want to buy something, can you take 50K, you know, as my own seed? I see you want to do this, you start a business, ah, can you take this? You know, and it keeps passing. And God says, ah, this guy is over five liters. Ah, this guy is over 10 liters. Ah, this guy is over, you know, and your life becomes a dam. The Bible says, the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. So there is no way you are generous and your life doesn't overflow. A time will come, it will not be people passing. 
you people jumping into it. Because you become an endless stream. Generosity giving. Giving. Do you know what I've done in the last two years? I try as much as possible every year. In fact, I'm going to do it this January. To give something that will make me undermine a certain level in my financial life. That will make me feel like I don't pass this one. Let me close the eyes. So it could be doing something for my dad. I remember in 2020, in the middle of COVID-19, right? My parents had issues with their car and all of that. And I just told my brother, I said, see, these guys will not live for another 30, 40 years. I didn't even know my mom was going to pass two years after, right? I said, let's close eyes and buy a car. My brother said, ah, homo, which can put this on? So we looked for it. Then I was saving, there was one product called Contrast, uh, Contrast Save, you know, in Stambik, where you just, they keep removing your money from your salary and all of that. I took everything I had then in that money, I just gave my brother, Stacy, let's buy this car, we added money and all of that, right? From that singular action, what it did to me was that I, I then can give my parents money every month without thinking like it's a burden. Because if I can contribute money to buy them a car, somebody tells you one day, I go see build house for these people. Do you understand? When God demands something from you, he's trying to stretch you. He's trying to stretch your capacity. To say, you know, if you are holding this thing and someone wants to put something there, the moment you hold it, you will keep holding it. And God is saying, leave it. Let me give you something else. Let me give you something else. So believers, we are stewards. We are custodians. We are custodians. I, I looked at some of the responsibilities of a custodian. Number one, there's a duty of loyalty. Duty of loyalty. What does it mean? So the example used for Rita. Rita is loyal to the contractual agreement. And what Daniel said, who are you loyal to? Your belly, your God. Who are you loyal to? As a custodian, there's a duty of loyalty. That's one. Number two, there's a duty to report information and accountability. So she needs to report to Darren to say, oh, we've spent X amount of money from the money you kept in our trust. Um, this is the interest based on investment we've done. She has to report accountability. You know, when you break it down, accountability. Pastor Damien has told some of us to go and print out our statement. If I, all of us. You see, if you calculate the money you spent on Domino's Pizza, you will have built the house in Ekbe. Because of lack of accountability. You know, I said on the mainland show this morning, I said, you see, the first time I ever bought Ashwebi in my life was last year. Since I started my career. There is nothing you can ever tell me. There's nothing you can convince. So, so I'm not even trying, even my brother's wedding. My brother's, my, my biological brother, I didn't buy Ashwebi because my understanding is Ashwebi. So who, is, who are you classified? Is it Ebi or Bogweru, Bogwaye? So if it is Bogwaye, I'm not part of the world and I'm not of the world. I don't, I'm telling you, you know why? In 2015, I saw a couple of my colleagues who were contrast staff together. And they will buy of 10K, 12K. And I'll be wondering, and people will be complaining that you don't have money. Do you have another business you're running? Are you, is there, is there a gun on your head? Do you know? And I told my mom this jokingly um, last year. I said, I think a part of me got mature when I started learning to say no to Ashwebi. 
because I say it publicly. So we could be 50 on the floor, and they say, ah, someone's wedding is next to you. They will say, ah, we know, say Solomon, oh, they, they've called me Jehovah's Witness. They've called, I said, I don't care. I don't buy it. Let me give you another example. I don't ever buy shirts. So when I want to make shirts, I say, if I want to gift somebody, say, okay, let me buy and give. I go to a co-market, if I still went last year, as I am now, as a manager, in the, I don't care, I wear my shorts and sneakers, and enter a co-market, I'll buy material in bulk, then take it to the tailor, who used to make shirts for me, we make like 17. Once I make that 17, each one, January to June, see, except that shirt carries oxygen for me to live, I can never buy from you. I can never. No, there's, there's nothing you will say. There's nothing you will do. There's no way you will convince me. See, if I have 5K, if I leave the house this morning, I say, it is 5K I want to spend. 5,000 that I want to spend today. Today. Even if my car gets spoiled on Todd Milan Bridge, let me tell you, it's so, it's so bad that even if my car stops on Todd Milan Bridge, I'll call the insurance guys to come and tow it because I insured it. I won't spend my money. I will not even give those Agbiro boys money. We we'll argue and argue and say insurance, say, oh God, insurance, Alpha Agbiro, they want to collect to kill. You know why? Because we do not understand that we're stewards. We spend what we have carelessly. Carelessly. I was taking a train in Abuja over the weekend, and I told this guy, I said, do you know before I sleep every night, I have a mental map of how much I've spent. Like, ah! I mistakenly gave this driver 1K instead of 500 Naira. He won't collect another one tomorrow. <laughs> right? So I know. Final example. Since 2019, the moment I get my salary, I convert it to USD. You know why? Because you can save yourself the temptation of come and borrow me quick 500K. So if it is 200,000 you have, eh? and you say out of this 200K, 100,000 is charity. God, may nothing happen to my friends, may nothing have problems, if they don't have problems, we'll spend the money. But if they do, see, there's nothing you can do to make me move out of that. There's nothing. So you say, ah, please have an emergency. What's the emergency? Ah, my lion just gave birth to a goat and we want to do insemination to, I'll say, ah, ah, and my money day USD and I know if you come out Accountability, guys. Accountability. It sounds funny, but these are the simple things that make great people great. So I hear people in my office say, ah, I don't even know my salary. I say, eh? I say, hey, they remove 15 cobble from my salary today. I know. I know because I have an Excel sheet. I know because the moment money comes in, this percentage, this percentage, this percentage, so I know what's left. So I even have small money to spend. So I know what I'm spending. So I spend wisely. So I spend wisely. Say, ah, so when you're driving around and looking for fuel, I say, I know because I have a budget for fuel. So we'll queue. I'll be using that to read book and read our Bible. At least we'll spend that time, we'll use the time. You know, spend, spend the time on the queue, read your Bible, meditate, speak in tongues, sleep for a while. It won't take out time from the different normal things. Just go and stay in filling station to understand the way life is. You'll be able to get a different perspective. <laughs> and you buy the normal price. And you're able to save money. Yes! Because there are ripple effects some of these things. Some of us will buy black markets, it will affect our engine. Right? So I'm just saying, I'm not saying should exactly, but I'm saying this is, these are some guiding principles. 
they are guiding principles. For example, the moment I get my salary, they, they debit my account to what I give to my parents every month. So I, I don't even have a chance to touch it. So there are some prayers I get in the month, and I'll be like, ah, why is my dad sending me prayers on this Tuesday morning? I then remember, oh, they've debited my account to send to him. Do you understand? So when there's structural accountability, accounting, every believer must be an accountant. Because you will give an account of your life and what God has given to you. You will give an account. And you think you don't have too much until you start breaking it down. You realize you have a lot of money. You're just all of this black tax. You know, I have an uncle that usually come and sing in our ears. Ah, I have house friends to pay. But the last time he came, I was with my dad. As he was complaining, I was complaining too. He was saying, ah, I said, ah, me too, I want to rent house. He said, ah, it's true. I said, myself, I want to marry. I said, this money for marriage. So as he was giving complaint, I was giving him five. Okay? Say, we want to do complaint competition. I will complain too. He said, ah, pay you, you are driving good car. I said, ah, pay me, I have not finished the money, you. because I'm paying small, small. He said, in fact, I'm even planning to even sell the car, to go and buy. He said, eh, is it that? Because when you give them a chance to come and, you know, you just make them feel like, ah, big boy, can I get 500k there? And you say, eh, uncle, I will borrow you. When are you going to return? He said, next week, right? And it then becomes, it then becomes family squabble. I tell my brothers that I don't like to tend my family members. I don't ever borrow their money. I don't ever. So what I have, I give to you. So you ask me for one million, I give you. I say, 10K. This 10K that I have, go with it. If I want to return it, don't return it. Go. Accounting. Accounting. Guys. Guys, it's the beginning of the year. Ensure you do a monthly breakdown. Where did I spend money to? Where's, where's my money going into? Where's it? Where's that loophole? I may not manage loopholes, though. You know, so, some of my friends, some of my colleagues who come to my house with their big cars and say, oh, why, why are you still staying in Yaba? I'll say, ah, I've been staying here for like five years old. I only pay 300000 per month. One room. Is it not just this tiny me that I don't even sleep in the room? I sleep in the, on, the, on my couch. I said, when I'm, when I'm reading or praying, I said, I sleep off on my couch. I said, what well, if it's not even because my mom came one day and said I should not be staying in one room? I said, I will never take room and parlor. I said, because what, am, am I married? But you know, so people just say, like, the moment I'm earning 700K, the next iPhone 13 Pro Max. So let me tell you, for example, my iPhone screen has been broken for almost eight or nine months now, or thereabout, you know? And except if God sends an angel until I'm ready to change this phone, right? This is how I'm going to use it, too. Or if it stops working, and I'm pressing, and it's not, the moment they can press, take pictures, type, accounting. Because you know, the truth is, once you understand that you're a steward, you spend the money you have, you spend it well. You spend it well. We have a lot of reckless believers. In the name of, ah, you know, as a believer, I'm also going to balance around the fact that the moment, the reason we, we just borrow people money anyhow, right? Oh, he's my brother in Christ. He's my accounting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I mentioned we need to avoid debt too. We need to avoid debt. Because you say, oh, God, I'm trusting you, you know, to give me X, Y, Z. And you have like deficit of almost two million era. You know, avoid debt, be a wise shopper, and practice contentment, right? So we're talking about being a steward, right? So we need to realize that there are some duties, there are some things stewards will do. Um, so I want to wind this down. Three subheadings to go, who do I give to? 
who do you give to? So you've learned, I need to be a generous giver, blah, blah, blah. You've said these shared examples. Who do I give to? Number one, give to your pastor. Give to your pastor. First Timothy 5 verse 17. Tell your neighbor, give to your pastor. Lois, you're sitting beside the pastor. You're not even looking at her. Give, give to your pastor. Some of us have been in Kings for two years. The only thing your pastor have enjoyed is ride on, sir. Ride on, sir. Ride on, sir. Ride on, sir. Even if you want to ride, you need to buy fuel. Either you're riding a car. So even if you want to rent a horse, you will need to at least borrow it. We need to give to our pastors. Right? We need to. Someone who blesses you on a Sunday, Wednesday, you know, you're having heart palpitation. Hello, pastor. Ha, sir. There's one uh, juju man chasing after me in my dream. And Peter was, twam! I say, you are blessed. I'm praying for you. The man's supposed to be beside his wife. Oh. Praying for you over the phone, right? And he called the next morning and say, ha, pastor, that juju guy came back again. Oh. Say, ah, what happened? Did you watch a movie? Say, no, pastor. Okay, let's pray. And say, okay, let's fast together for three days. This same person, you've never blessed that person with your substance for a whole year. Even if it is airtime, let's give to our pastors. The Bible says, eat that water should be watered. It's not like they're asking, we know that Pastor Damian and Peter don't live on our monies, right? But we need to just give to them. Bless them. Give your leaders. Let's bless them regardless. I, I'm not preaching what I don't do, right? Let's, let's put it as part of our plan. It could be quarterly. It could be monthly. It could be per season. Just do something. Let's see, let's see, everyone even know that this one is on the roster of, I'm not saying it doesn't mean you're not on the roster, I'm just saying, I mean, if someone is blessing you, you should, you should, you should give back. And you know, the proof of commitment is giving. You cannot be in a relationship and say, ah, everything we share, we share it over my money. It's not possible. In fact, as a man, when you know you start liking a girl, it's when you start buying her gifts compulsively. You just start, you're just walking through and just see something. You just see a show and say, ah, oh, what well, this shoe go size this woman, oh. I pick it. And you say, ah, this clothes go size this woman, oh. It's a proof of love. Giving is a proof of love. So if you say, love you, pumps, love you, pumps, show it. Show it. Not be only WhatsApp message, love you, pumps, love you, pumps. Love you, pumps, love you, pumps. Show it. By your fruit, we will know you. Show it. PVQ, you have blessed my life. When you sing, show it. And do you know the people at the top, you need little things to make them feel loved. Little things. A mentor of mine was a bank MD. The last time is I bought him cufflinks. He kept texting me. You are such a you are so I said, cufflinks of how much? 3,000 era. Well packaged. And I'll put it in a gift bag. As I, I'm so sorry. Because I know he would always wear a shirt. He would always in the cufflinks. Do you get? It could be as small as that. It could be as small as that. Don't just think about you yourself alone. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. When you sleep at night, ask yourself, who was blessed by my living today? The fact that God woke me up today and said, Solomon, oh yeah, go and live another 24 hours. At the end of the day, who said, thank God for Solomon? Little things. Bless your pastor. Say, bless your pastor. Give to your pastor. Number two, give to your mentors. Proverbs 11:25. Give to your mentors. 
Your pastor could also be your mentors. Ah, man of God, I love you. Man of God, you inspire me, you inspire me. Man of God, you, you inspire me. You've not honored that person. Some of you, you know, when you meet mentors, you're always looking at their hands. Okay, this man will go give me money. Let's give to them. Let's give to our mentors. Let's give to leaders we respect. This is how we tie the bond. Right? I'm not saying you should use money as a bait. I'm only saying just give. Honor them. Honor them with your substance. You, there's someone that has been blessing you for a while. And you're like, ah, this man, I just love this man. The way he encourages me, looks out for me. Just do something. Buy a jota, buy, buy a pen. Do something. So when we say give, enjoying the blessing of generosity, it's not just giving to God and with or without your money, the kingdom of God will move on. But we're saying give to people you can't even see. People who have blessed your life. Think about that man that has invested in your life. Not from a sugar daddy perspective. I mean man that has done something in your life. Paid your school fee or did just just send airtime or say, sir, can you can you um can you send me your account number? So so I, I was in Abuja last week and a friend of mine, you know, he's been here a couple of times and he was driving me around town. I mean, he left his wife, you know, he would take me home, we spend time at his place then. He was just driving me around. When I got back to Lagos, I just felt, this guy has done so much. And it was small money, just small money to say, ah, my brother, thank you. He's my friend of like 12 years. Like, thank you. He was like, ah, why did you send this? But I knew that would have done something to him to show that I honor you. I honor you beyond my words. Words are not cheap, but you know, you need to back something else with your words. Give to your mentors. Someone say give to your mentors. Number three, give to your parents. Ephesians 6 verse 2. You see, for those people who would worship everybody online, everybody is your father, right? And you sow so much into the lives of your fathers, your Instagram fathers, and your mom cannot afford Infinix no 2 of 60,000 era, right? You're only deceiving yourself. This is an instruction with a verbatim promise. Honor your father and your mother, right? Honor them, your father and your mother. And there are promises attached to it. This is a commandment with promise. Come on, guys. Can we do better this year by, you know, giving to them? Just honor them. I know you don't earn a lot. You, you earn only 10K. Buy a time. Do something. Buy them a shoe. Buy them. I mean... There are little, little things you can do. I told us earlier from the beginning of this message, I want to make it more practical and teaching-like, right? So that we don't get enmeshed in the, you know, euphoria of preaching. Let's honor them. Do little things. And you see, honor them when they are alive. Honor them while they are alive. Some people cry at their, at their parents' barrier. Not because they've lost something, but because they didn't have a chance to bless their parents. They didn't have a chance. There was no money I spent on my mom's bed that I didn't spend on her. So, like, I, I, I felt so fulfilled that I took care of her to the very, to the end. Like, the first time I bought this, my car, the first place I went to my, was my parents' church. I drove them around in my car. It's, it sounds traditional. It sounds crude. But for me, I feel like I want to just make them happy. Like, ah, my child don't buy a car. Buy a new car. She understand. Honor them. Some of us don't talk to our parents for, for weeks. You claim you're busy. Busy doing what? So when they are gone, you then start crying, ah, oh God, you should, no, honor them. Honor your parents. 
You can wash your spiritual father's socks, but you cannot wash your father's car. Go and spend the weekend with them and just help them out. Forget all this work mentality on social media that will say, oh, you're not your parents' investment. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I am my parents' investment. In fact, the more I take care of them, it shows how responsible I am. I am a fertile ground. They have invested in me. So when they are enjoying the fruit of their labor, they should enjoy it with pride. I'm telling you. So forget all this social media, Twitter, or say, oh, your parents, they should go and work. Those guys, they, you, you live your life based on their lies. They live a lie. They say, you are not your parents. It's a lie. You are. Those are my have issues with our parents and all of that. It's another different situation. But again, make the effort. This week, kings, do something. Send something to your mom. Because you see, a time will come, you won't even hear her voice again. You will try a number, you won't be able to call her. Now that you can send that time to her, do it. Just do it. Make it recurring every month. 2,000, 1,000, and they would appreciate it. Have you heard the prayer of a mother whose son has blessed? Have you heard it? There are times when I'm down, I'm feeling, I just go to my mom's message and just keep scrolling and powerful prayers in Yoruba language. Powerful prayer that I know that in 20, 30 years time, I know these prayers will still be speaking because of honor, because of honor. You know, when my mom was still here, whenever she comes and says, oh, I'm pounding you, I say, no, no, don't pound you, let me buy you pound, I'm, let me check this thing for you, let me buy this, just to, just to give her, and just enjoy this life. In the little, I cannot take you around the world now, but the little I have, the little substance I have, I will, I will make you know that I'm trying my best for you. Let's honor our parents, guys, please. Let's do it. Let's start. Let's start like now. Don't wait until they fall sick and you start running around. Now that they are still ill and healthy. Some of you will say, my parents don't need my money. Give them. Still give. Give. And you see, let me tell you, it is a sign of responsibility when you learn how to give to your parents now. It is a sign of responsibility. See, men who don't take care of their parents, it will be hard for them to take care of their wives. It will be, it will be a struggle. I know giving is like an habit. Once you do it, you learn how to do it. Even my wife knows the way I took care of my. She knows that she, she cannot. It's not that she can never suffer. She can never because it's habitual already. It's habitual. Yes, it it is habitual already. I used to send my mom money for soup. I know she has a husband, but I send it to her. I will tell her when are you going to the market? And you say ah, she doesn't go to. I've sent you something for the market. Whatever you want to do with it. I'll send that screenshot of shoes. Say, ah, do you like this shoes? Flats. Yes, shoe, 10,000, 12,000. That you'll have forgotten you spent it. Honor your parents, guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone getting blessed. Is someone getting blessed? All right, two months ago, what do I give to? What do I give to? Number one, give in response to a cause in the kingdom. Second Corinthians 8, the 9. Um, let me quickly run to wrap up. Give in response to a cause in the kingdom. Give to a cause. We're starting a new expression. Oh, KMT wants to do something. Give to a cause. Be a part of something. Let it be that in heaven. You know, when God is saying, we want 10 souls from you, be like, ah, my, my money is there. We say something in the corporate world. We say, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Number two, give out of your small, large substance. Give out of your small, large substance. Luke 21, 140, won't be able to read that. Small, large substance. Your 50K 
may be as weighty as someone's 50 million era. Right? Out of that one you have, just give. Just give. Number three, give more than just money. Give more than just money. Your talent, your time, your energy, your ideas, right? And this is a charge for all the amazing faces we've been seeing on the island for some time now. We need you to be involved. You need to give us more than just coming, you know, to say, oh, I'm a member of Kings on the Island. We need your active participation, right? Give more than just money. I, 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 I thought to mention this to say, giving money is not a replacement for being responsible. You see, there are so many responsible billionaires who, in their church, they worship them. They honor them and adore them. The moment they drop one billion, the pastors, they don't care what they do or how they live their life. That is not a kingdom principled giving. What you're doing is that you're using money to buy the honor of your pastor. And it doesn't count. The fact that you give to God, your substance, your money, doesn't mean you will not be accountable. You will not be responsible. Doesn't mean you will not submit to the leadership of the house. Right? Um, I, I thought to mention that. Hallelujah. Finally, when do I give? When do I give? Number one, you give when you want to be a part of something historic. When the impossible wants to become possible. Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21. Matthew 14, verse 14 to 21. Being a part of something historic. Did that young boy in Matthew 14 ever knew that his loaf of bread and fish will be said around the world today? Do you know what your 10,000 era, your 20,000 era will do? And kings is a place you can call historic. God is doing something in this place. Right? This is a fertile ground to give. When the impossible is about to become possible, give. And there are different circumstances. You find the woman who is sick, and you say, Ma, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to buy you bon vita and milk. Right? Um, after I prayed for you, please make this bon vita and milk, and this local say it will not, it's not cost you more than 4,000 euros. Just take it, and you know, I'm going to pray for you. You're taking paracetamol, take the paracetamol too, and let's see what happens tomorrow morning. And this woman comes to say, Ah! Auntie, auntie, as I drink that bone vita, my body just did well. When something impossible wants to become possible, give. When God is giving you a chance to be a part of the work he's doing, give. Kings, we understand. Give. Give when others will not give. Philippians 4, 15 to 16. This was when, you know, Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians. And finally, give when it does not make sense. Give when it does not make sense. Genesis 45. Give when it does not make sense. Hallelujah. Give when it does not make sense. God looked at Abraham and said, Abraham, can you give to me your son that I gave to you at the age of 99? It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And oftentimes, when God calls for things like this, is charging us to open a new portal for us. Um, as much as possible, because I know the church tries to avoid money discussion. Right? It is important for us to realize that our giving does more good to us than to God. So when it does not make sense, when all you have is 20,000 error, and God is putting it on your heart to say, can you give that 20K as your offering? Give regardless. 
give regardless. Realizing that God owns everything. Realizing that you're just a custodian. Give when it does not make sense. These are the ways you can enjoy God's blessing and generosity. Um, I want us to just bow down here this morning and just ask for grace. I want us to ask for grace. I, I know these things are, they sound sweet in books, they sound sweet in words, but when we get out there, we're faced by different, you know, temptations, we're, we're faced by different issues, we're, we're faced by different circumstances. Can we just ask God for grace? The grace for discipline, the grace to be able to give. Can someone open his or mouth to pray? Can we ask God for grace this morning? God, I, I ask for your grace. I ask for your grace. I have acted in pride and self-sufficiency. I have acted in pride and self-sufficiency. Oh, God, I ask for grace to be able to give all utterly, to give all I have. There is nothing I have that you have not given to give my time, to give my money, to give my resources. Everything I have, oh, Jesus, I lay it down at your feet. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. My bank accounts, my bank yards, my resources, my ideas, my energy. Oh, God, I lay it down your feet I laid all down Jesus I laid all down Jesus I submit them to you I submit them to you oh God if you need someone in your generation who can give his time if you need someone in my generation who can give his money his entire money if you know looking for someone in my generation who can give his resources oh God you would find me Oh God, you would find me. Oh God, you would find me. Oh God, you would find me. I received the grace to honor my parents. I have made this mistake for years. I received the grace to consistently honor them with my substance. I received the grace to honor my pastor. The grace to honor my mentors. I received the grace to bless them with my small substance, with my large substance. I receive the grace for discipline, for accountability, oh God. I receive the grace, Jesus. I receive the grace, Jesus. I receive the grace, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Oh Lord, as we've heard this morning, we receive the grace. We receive the grace. We receive the giving grace. In every way, experiences as tilted and as cute our giving operating system. We declare restoration in the name of Jesus. We become more responsible stewards in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you've answered our prayers. In Jesus' most and precious name we pray. Can you give God the loudest noise this morning? I've just told us how to give and we're not giving our thanks well. Can we give God all the praise? Can we make it louder? Jesus. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 908 123 4566. 
One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.